A word from our sponsor, Von Seger Designs is a small Nebraska custom woodworking business making hand-burned customized wood pieces to be a statement in any room. Working with clients every step of the way, from hand-selecting the wood to customizing the design Von Segrin Designs, makes the process as smooth as possible. Specializing in items from themed bar carts and tables to cutting boards and signs so that you can show your team pride all year round. Show your Husker support in a unique and functional way. When you work with Von Segrin Designs, you support small businesses throughout the region. Allow Von Segrin Design to create a custom, fresh, hand-burned piece wood for your home or business. You can link up with them at V-O-N-S-E-G-G-E-R-D-N-E-S-I-1 and at V-O-N-S-E-G-G-E-R-N underscore designs. So check them out on Facebook and Twitter and uh, Instagram as well. Uh, go Big Red, and uh, let's start the podcast. to throw down toward the goal line going up ball tipped in the yes, touchdown Gordon Westerkamp Nebraska wins the game on the final play of the contest oh baby far side back to throw is Martinez not being chased throws it out a flat Burkhead makes a catch sets a tackle 25-20 Rex Burkhead touchdown Nebraska Well, thanks for joining us here tonight on Church of the Corn. Um, Zach here. Uh, I think Fitz and Drake will be here in just a couple minutes with us, or not at all. We'll find out. Um, but it's the off season. We got guests, so let's welcome our fabulous guest for join or you know, is joining us tonight. Former Nebraska wide receiver Mike Williams. Mike, how are you doing tonight, my friend? I'm doing pretty good, man. How are you? I am doing fabulous. You know, we just got done you know, kind of chatting it up for about 10 minutes off air. And I, I'm pretty excited to have you on. And and I, I dropped this corny joke off air, so I'm going to do it on air as well. Mike, mm-hmm. you know, when I look up Mike Williams, you're not the first Mike Williams to pop up, right? <laughs> Funny, I no, <laughs> no kidding, man. No kidding. I have it's, no clue. You know, and it's it's the day that Mike, the other Mike Williams from Clemson is going to be playing on, on Sunday night football. So, you know, Mike, you played at Nebraska for a couple years, um, but before that, I kind of want to get into your your journey on how you got to Nebraska. I mean, not the easiest journey in the world, right? Definitely not. It was it was a lot of bumps in the road. Um, so I attended high school at Columbia High School in Lake City, Florida. Um, out of high school, I went to Georgia Southern. Um, after there, I left. I'm, I left there after a year or so. Um, I did a full season there. I didn't redshirt. So I transferred to JUCO, East Mississippi, um, earned a scholarship to Nebraska, and then 
it was history after that. I finished my last two years there. And after that, um, yeah. I'm here now. <laughs> so I, I got a question for you, Mike. That year that you went to Georgia Southern, was that when they were running a little bit more of the option, or was that when they were a little bit more of the kind of wide open offense they've been the last couple of years? Um, it was more the spread option. Okay. Um, I think they were kind of trying to transition into passing it a little more often than they had been, you know, accustomed to as a school and you know program. Um, but now they're just like you said, wide open, man. I've never seen nothing like it. <laughs> It went, it's funny because they went through such a uh, hard transition from that. I think they were running the flex bone or the, or the more the option to mm. go and completely spread. And that usually doesn't work out for a, a team. Um, yeah, usually it's tough. Yeah. 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 I mean, you need so many of the pieces. You can pretty much retooling an entire team. But so you went to um, Georgia Southern and then you went to East Mississippi Community College, which right. was the uh, was last, it? last chance you. Uh, were you were you on Last Chance You? Um, I was on a brief episode. I wouldn't say I was. They weren't. They weren't highlighting us during the season that that you'll see me on. Um, but when the first season at Independence, I believe there's like an extra um episode that's like EMCC and Life After, and they came and saw us at the um <clears throat> excuse me at the uh, national championship, and we played um Arizona Western. So we won that game and they kind of came back and watched us celebrate. So I didn't have like an interview or like a highlight, but you'll see me celebrate. <laughs> I, I mean, cause yes, I, I remember like I was looking at the years that you were your, your bio and everything like that. And I was like, okay, he was at Nebraska here, but then you played for, I think it was buddy Stevens was the head coach, right? right. Yep. So we're not going to dive too much into your time at Nebraska. We, we will a little bit, you know, just kind of figure out what it was like playing for a couple of coaches, but Sure. What was it like playing for Buddy Stevens as opposed to, you know, Scott Frost and Troy Walters? And, and and what was the comparison like? Because they seem like they're two polar opposite kind of figures. Yeah, it's it's hard to compare them because, like you said, they are polar opposite. Um, Buddy is more like a like a I don't know. He like he like tries to get his point across by like, you know, like yelling at you or whatever. And we've seen, that. We've seen a couple a uh, couple episodes of that. Yeah, I'm sure you you've seen you've seen exactly what I'm talking about, but usually it works. I mean, he's a winner. Uh, <laughs> so I mean, Coach Frost on the other hand, he's he's kind of a break it down to you and you know not really you know curse at you or anything like that. So, like you said, man, polar opposites. Um, both do really good things. Um, so I can't really choose one or you know, but they both are definitely definitely good coaches. Well, and that's the nice thing about it is both seem to be able to reach players in their own way, which proves there's no right or wrong way to coach. It just depends on if you can reach at your players and make that connection. Exactly. It's getting the right response out of the players and, you know, taking that time to learn who your players are, really. Well, exactly. Hey, Fitz, thanks for joining us. Well, sorry, I had uh, some family things to do. I had to finish my son's new loft bed. So you can give me a break for that, Zach. Yes, you got to be an adult. I get it. Well, this I, is our guest, Mike Williams. I try. I, I know. I said I was. I was intrigued. I was listening. Mike, how you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for. Uh, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. No doubt. We've, appreciate having. Me. We've decided we're we're getting back to our roots, aren't we, Zach? Yeah. <laughs> someone got us fired. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's me. I got us fired. <laughs> I'd like to. I was going to say. I'd like to say we make we made our money uh, with our getting former players on and guests and stuff like that, but. 
we did all that. We just didn't make any money. So there you that's, go. That's <laughs> true. But we made we made a lot of cool contacts and get to talk to a lot of cool people. There you go. That's the dream. You know, Mike, I, I got a question for you because you're a JUCO guy. So you went you went the tough route. Do you think it's important for universities? And I feel like this is a question that I don't need to ask, but do you feel like it's important for universities to have these pipelines set up to these JUCO universities to be able to get these guys to come in? I mean, you guys are essentially ready made to play division one college football. For sure, man. I think it's, I think it's definitely important because like the guys that do attend JUCO and, you know, do sacrifice, you know, money and scholarships and whatever. um, I think those guys definitely deserve an opportunity, especially the ones that are doing it the right way. Um, and sometimes the JUCOs get overlooked just like a small town high school, you know, cause it's hard to just, most JUCOs are in small towns. So it's hard to just, you know, fly into town and usually coaches will have to fly somewhere and then drive an hour or however long when there's high school kids that, you know, they want for four years that they can develop their own talent. And it's just, it's tough, but I think it's definitely important cause those guys sacrifice and I'm one of the guys that sacrifice. So, um, I, I definitely think it's important to have those pipelines because it's 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 a lot of players in JUCO that deserve opportunity. So I, I believe in that. One of those one of those pipelines seems like it's been turned on in the last couple of days, and I think you retweeted it as well from from Asante mm-hmm. um, from JUCO. Do you think that how I guess before I I guess get into the second part of it, how re or how realistic is it that a coach from the JUCO himself can actually start creating that pipeline or does it have to more come from, let's say Nebraska in this instance, or can it just be, can they connect and then find a way to, to do that? I think it's a way to connect. Um, it's, it's to me, it's kind of just like high school. Like usually if your coaches, you know, if they have different connects at these different colleges, um, I think it should, you know, um, help the players even more that their play that their coaches have friends that are at these bigger schools and that at these schools that co- or players want to eventually attend, as long as they're doing the right thing, I think um, it shouldn't be a problem for a coach to, you know, kind of, you know, like give them the help that they need to get to the, the next level. When it seems as a fan, it, it seems like Asante's excited with mm-hmm. the, with the staff and ready and eager to kind of, to do that. I know you've been, you're pretty active on, on social media and you've, you know, retweeted a lot of things and liked a lot of things connected with, with coach rule. And Zach, I apologize if I'm putting the cart before the horse here, but are you, are you excited for the hire of rule and the staff that he's bringing in? Or are you just more excited for Nebraska to just continue to try to revamp and, and get back to, and I'm excited. Thought- I'm excited for Rule, man. I'm excited. I I think I think he's going to do some good things. Um, I watched him. I watched him a lot at Baylor. Um, I liked a lot of the things that they did when he was there. Um, and obviously in the NFL, he did some good things there too. Um, but I think I think he does a lot of good things as as far as like his scheme and the way he runs things. And I was on the outside looking in when he was at Baylor, obviously, but. I think just from the outside, even looking in, it, it was some good things that they they did. I don't know how well they improved, but I think his first year he wasn't. I mean, they didn't do obviously as well as they did on his on the back end of his um, time there. But I'm just excited for him, the staff, and um, there's a lot of good guys that he's he's brought in. So I'm excited for Nebraska football overall. 
do you do you maybe not so much personally but maybe through recruiting and circles and things like that do you have any connections or know anyone on the staff as of right now um personally i don't um i mean i hope to meet them someday um but personally not 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 i don't i don't know any of them well, either, either do we, so we've all got that in common, Zach. We can, there you go. <laughs> <we're right. laughs> and I, I could say I'd love to meet him, too, but I think you've got a lot better chance of that. So, <laughs> Well, I mean, Let's that's see. actually a good question that you brought up, Fitz, and I think Thank we you. Appreciate ask, it. Never heard that before. Well, and that'll probably be the only time you ever hear that come from me. But I'm going um, to write that down. You, you probably should. You should probably make a statue of it as well. But mm-hmm. So, Mike. <laughs> Everybody wants to know, because we put out some questions. We said, you can ask Mike Williams anything you want to know. And everybody's been really curious. Are you coming to be a coach in Lincoln? Man, it's, it's. I know that's a loaded question. I don't want to, I don't want to give anything away, but I mean, I'm, I would, I would love to, like I said, I would love to meet the coaches and um, see kind of more on the inside of what what's what's going to, you know, take place in the next, however long. Um, but definitely would would love to be a part of the family again, uh, as Nebraska is my second home. So why not? So what? I actually got a, a a good question about that, and and this isn't shitting on the previous staff or any any staffs or anything like that. But with Asante coming out and being a little bit more vocal, and yourself being a little bit more vocal, and you're seeing some guys be vocal, um, it seems like in support of the program a little bit more. Not that you weren't before. But mm-hmm. just being like outwardly vocal on social media, do you guys feel like you're being, I guess, pulled a little bit back, back more toward the program being alumni? I think I think it's just, you know, like a like a breath of fresh air for the whole, you know, like whole community, like the whole Nebraska community. So I think it's like a it's gonna take everyone. Like it's it's gonna take everyone to, you know, get Nebraska back to where it's accustomed to being. Like me, you, you guys, um, the fans, like all the fans the alumni, every, like, it's going to take everybody. It can't be just the coaches, like the coaches and, you know, the current players. So I think it's just like, we're all, we have, we have to all be in to get, get this thing back to where, where we want it to be. You know, I thought about the, that point about getting it back. And there's that, there's that default mechanism that everyone gets very aggressive or defensive about the nineties. Right. We don't, we're Mm -hmm. not saying, we're not saying, we want to get back to the nineties, but I think everybody would agree. We want to get back to the consistency, right? We want to get back to winning. And again, we can, we can, we can shit on Iowa all we want, but Mm -hmm. they're eight games consistent, nine games consistent and consistently. And there was a time where Nebraska, we were nine games. They, you guys down there were winning nine games and 10 games and all these things. And we've fired coaches who are winning nine games. And I think there's this idea that, you know, it's not, yeah, we would love to get back to the national championships, but we need mm-hmm. to get back to winning. We need to get back to a bowl games. game before I think you can, I mean, I think it's just a sense of, of of reality. Like everyone needs to just you know take a deep breath and you know take a swallow of of humbleness and you know just come to you know realization and that just we need just like a sense of consistency. Like right now, like I I don't want to you know throw out a, a number of what what we want to see, but like. I think it's just consistency at, at, at the end of the day. That's all. That's all it is. If if Trev or Coach Rule or somebody came to you and said, "Hey, before we really get our feet wet and we we jump in here, what do you think are a couple of the things that's going to take to get to 
that consistency? What what do you want to see as a product on the field that's going to lead to because it's not going to be done in one game. We know that they've got to play right. 12. Coach Rule said it at halftime yesterday of the game, 13 games, 14 games, 15 games. We want the fans. We're on a mission. What what do you need? What do you need to see? What do you think should be included in that mission to start getting there sooner rather than later? I think just just the small details of 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 everything, not even just in the games, just like every day coming to work and and every day taking care of business and and standing on it. And, you know, just it has to be like an anal thing to everybody in the building. Like it, ha- it can't just be one player wanting it or one, you know, it can't be an individual thing. It has to be everybody in all hands in, you know. Yeah, it seems like that's kind of been the the maybe one thing we've been missing the last couple of years is just everyone kind of pulling in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe the central voice in the room saying, hey, here's what we're doing. Here's how we're doing it. There's no other way. This is the only way. And exactly. Once again, I don't think that's saying anything about any other staff. It's just every staff does a little bit differently. Um, going back to, you know, you and coaching and different things like that. Um, with being a division one athlete playing all your, your, your entire life, you know, are, are you doing any coaching or anything like that right now with any local high schools or anywhere to, you know, kind of get you the experience in the meantime? Um, I actually coached last year at a division three college in Iowa. Um, in Decorah, it was Luther college. I coached wide receivers there. I was going to just co college for a minute. No, <laughs> no, it was Luther college. Um, and it was a, it was a Division three program, um, good program, um, and it kind of got my feet wet to see, like, from from a different perspective. Um, and I would tell all my coaches, like, Coach, I, I see what you mean. Like, when you, you know, when you tell a player to do something and, and they go out there as soon as you tell them to do it and they don't do it, <laughs> I would always refer back to that. But it definitely was a, was a different experience. Um, I got to see um, football from a different perspective. And now when I watch, you know, on TV, I'm like, not watching as a fan anymore i'm kind of like breaking down the game and it's it's just different so i i I enjoyed my time there too it looks it looks like you're in a film room of sorts is that am i right on that or is that just your setup at home room but yeah you can consider it as that too (laughs) i mean that's a great setup you got behind you so i gotta say i'm I'm truly envious of you mine is not as uh flashy or great (laughs) behind me so that's that kind of is what it is so when you were, you know, at a Division three college, and, and like we were talking about earlier, you've got Division one athletes, you've got Division two athletes, that when you see these guys out in the field, the average Tom, Dick, and Harry's like, you know, I can go out there and compete with these guys. Mm-hmm. It's like, absolutely no, you cannot. You you don't stand a chance. No. You, you're not in the ballpark. Being a former Division one athlete and then coaching Division three athletes, there's not a whole lot of difference, level, you know, skill-wise, is there? I mean, right. you, you've There's, still got the same athletes out there. You have the same athletes. I think it just comes down to, at the end of the day, is size. And that's that's the big difference between, um, like, the Sun Belt and the Big Ten, really. Like, it's just some players are a little bit bigger. But the skill set is definitely not not that much of a difference. Yeah, and, and you know, like, hey, you got a Pac-12 linebacker. I bet it, I bet, I bet – or a, a Pac-12 running back. I bet I could tackle that guy. No, mm-hmm. no, you, no, you can't. It's um, not no, it's not that easy, man. <laughs> it's and, it's, and it's easy to say. Thing. It's way easier said than done, for sure. Well, it's just one of the funny things that you hear from fans is, well, I I can get out there and compete with these guys, and it's like, I I get you think that, and that's cute, but 
it it really isn't something they would be, be able to do. It, it, people would be humble very very soon. I mean, like no, it wouldn't exactly. take long at all. I I've only said that referring to special teams too. So let's let's keep that in mind. I've got a le- I've got a legitimate shot at that. <laughs> I was going to say we should just let people like sign up for like a boot camp for a day uh, just to see what these guys go through. This was back when they do two-a-days as well. Put them mm-hmm. through a day and just make sure people can do it. I guarantee I 99% of people would drop out. Two-a-days? I couldn't that? do half a day. Are you kidding me? You wouldn't show up to, you wouldn't <laughs> I mean, show up to breakfast. What are you talking about? <laughs> this is, this is, there you go. You're going to pull curls at some breakfast of champions, right? What so, uh when you're coach, I was going to follow that with the with the. Do you have? Um, I know everything kind of has to lead towards what the head coach is looking for and a little bit of the playbook. But do you do you have your intangibles that whether you were coaching Nebraska, Luther College, New England Patriots? Do you have a couple of things that, without question, these are the things that the receivers have to learn, have to do every single time? Um, I just think. I always refer back to this. I just think like the small details, like like just be in the right position at, at at all times, be where you're supposed to be, you know, get the depth of your route. It's just the small things that that come and and they end up being big things at the end of the day. Like where you where you at your debt on 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 third and eight, you get seven yards and, and it's fourth <laughs> and one. You know what I mean? Like it's just small things that that I like to be anal about. You know, like and it's it's I've I've learned it over the years that that these things really like matter, like at the end of the day. So it's not something that you can take lightly. You got to really consider it in, in everything that you do and just be detailed. That's, that's what it comes down to at the end of the day for me. Do you think after now that you've coached a little bit, let's say almost like the Nicholas Cage family man movie thing, you guys can <laughs> Google that later, but you go back now, do you think you would, you would be, you would have something or you would, change your game a little bit now that you've coached i think um, i think so yeah it's it, like i said it gave me a different perspective so i've learned um different things um that i could you know could have added to my game back then um but i don't want to speak too much about the past um what could have been uh but oh, yeah, of course yeah. i think i think i think i definitely could could have implemented some of the things that i know now back then mike you being a former player and NIL really wasn't a, a thing back then. Um, what are some of your thoughts on like NIL and transfer portal? Because, like I said, you were a JUCO guy. You kind of went up the, the 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 tough way through the um, schools, you know, to get end up at Nebraska. What what are some of your thoughts on like NIL and how it's kind of the wild west? Um, you know, transfer portal. I mean, it's a good thing for athletes. I love it, but. Shit, it's kind of crazy, isn't it's, it? <laughs> it's 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 hectic, man. It's definitely crazy. But I, I mean, I think I think it benefits the athletes more more way more now, because um, they can you know obviously go wherever they wherever they desire. Um, and it, it it usually it used to um, benefit the coaches to me kind of because you know they could leave and then you know go to another school and coach the next year. You know what I mean? So it's I think it definitely benefits the players more. Is it, it's allowing them to you know, use their name, image, and likeness, you know, for, for their benefit. And I, I like it, honestly. Well, and see, that's the crazy thing is, like, you have coaches that leave yearly. It may not be your head coach, but it could be a position coach. It could right. be an offensive or a defensive coordinator. And obviously they can take it because it's a job. Regardless <laughs> if they're in a contract or not, they're still moving all over the place. Exactly. You can't tell me it's it's fair to keep 
you know, a player that his connections to that university or that position coach or all that coordinator, he can't tell me that that's fair to lock one in, but not lock the other one in. You know what I mean? That's 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 my point exactly. Like I'm I'm in full agreement with you on that one. I it's just I and, and I and I get it. You know, you want a kid to commit to a school, but let's be honest, that school is not the relationship. You know, for the kid, it's it's with, right. these, with these coaches. Coaches, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I and I go ahead. No, sorry, okay. I was going to no, say no, I like the fact that they've. And I don't know if it's anything, but with the transfer portal, that you have guys now that either from commits with it or with the transfer, that they actually get, they can revisit the school. So like Malachi Coleman, for example, used an official, but could now, once there was a coaching change, could actually come back and has has another official visit. So you can do those things. That's where I think for the, seems like, and as crazy as it is, the, the public the schools and the players, player-led things with NIL, have really gotten the NCAA to kind of get their head out of their ass and mm-hmm. realize, okay, what can we do for the student but, athlete? We've got to put them first and giving them the chance to do that because it all it, a roundabout way. I was thinking, when you were at JUCO, did you have to do a lot of the legwork and stuff for yourself, or was there a good staff readily available for you that could help you set up your your visits or get you in communication with, for example, where you ended up at Nebraska? Um, well, for me, I had a unique um, situation because the staff that I was a part of in JUCO, they, they did help me out a lot. Um, they did exact, they did what they could um, with the contacts that they had. Um, but I obviously did some of the work myself and I wouldn't, wasn't just going to sit around and, you know, wait for someone to come through for me. Um, but it's not the same at every JUCO. I can't say that. Um, I'm sure there's some JUCOs out there that don't have coaches that have all these connects and these contacts. So um, the players have to do a lot of the legwork. Um, but like I said, my, my situation was unique. So I appreciate the support system that I had back then. I, I got a kind of either or question for you. So you being a coach and then you've played in some big games at Nebraska, were you more nervous the first time that you played a game in Memorial Stadium or the first game that you coached? I think I was more nervous when I coached because when I played, I think it was more in my hands, you know, like it's, and I trust myself, obviously. (laughs) I'm not trying to, you know, um, pat myself on the back, but, you know, I trust myself and I don't think I ever get like nervous before a game. I think it's more anxious and, you know, just, just ready, like the jitters getting the butterflies out. But I think when, when I was coaching, man, cause like, I'm like, I know I got my kids ready. But, you know, like it just it's it's a re- it's real now and I can't play for them, you know, and then pregame, my hands go to sweat and I'm like, oh, <laughs> like I can't control it. Like I, it's just, it was different. But um, I think definitely when I was coaching, because it was just out of my hands, like like I can only control so much, you know. And, and you know, being a player and, you know, I, I think we've all played at some level, you know, me and Fitz, obviously, at a much lower level. But like. And then we've we've all coached as well. Oh man, Lafitz, you look like a Division One athlete. Let me tell you, all five <laughs> foot three of you. Carry on, go on, go on. I was just going to say, I, I've coached as well, and I don't think there's anything more like nerve wracking because when you're an athlete, you're like, I've done everything, I'm good. Mm-hmm. But w- when you don't have that control, you're like. Oh God, I hope that one little detail that I didn't cover doesn't yep. get exposed and it gets exposed repeatedly. And you gotta, like, you gotta stay on your toes when you're a coach. Cause you gotta, you gotta repeatedly go over everything like, and you can't miss steps. 
like whereas if you're a player you can you know refer back to your craft and your your training and whatever your coach has told you hopefully he's went over everything so that's that's kind of the fine line between being a player and a coach you gotta like like i said you gotta just control what you can and and hopefully your players do do what what you taught them are you so, uh, are you wanting to make a career out of the coaching yeah it's always been my dream man to okay. after, after my playing days to coach college football um so definitely most definitely that's awesome that's awesome and there's there's been a few you know really good wide receiver coaches kind of synonymous with Nebraska football. You have your Mickey Joseph, your Keith Williams, have been the latest too. Um, you know, you being a Nebraska guy, you have you gotten a chance to really get in contact with those two at all? Or if nothing else, we can try and fit, help it out. <laughs> um, yeah, Coach 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 Williams. Um, you know, I used to work out with him when I was back at Nebraska. So me and him, me and him have definitely gotten close over the years. So he's a guy I can go to at any time about anything at any point and any time of the day. So definitely built a relationship with him. Um, I haven't gotten a chance to speak with Coach Coach Mickey Joseph. Um, I know there's a lot going on with with football and all and everything that's yep, going. All that stuff, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, sometime in the in the future, we can I can speak to him and kind of pick his mind a little bit about the game of football, and we can talk ball. That's the that's one of the best things is you just said it, like finding those guys, whether and it's not, hey, I'm not calling you or I'm not talking to you because I want a job. I want to get better. Right. And you surround yourselves. And that's where, you know, we we've talked about this at length, you know, over the last couple of months since what, about seven months ago when week three and they they let go of Coach Frost, it seems like forever. And Mm -hmm. you just start looking at these coaches. It's, It's really who are you surrounding yourself by? Are you making right. yourself, even the head coach, are you making yourself better? If I can't learn anything else, you know, what, what's the point? So I, 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 I like that mindset. I like that attitude that, you know, what if I can talk to this guy, why, you know, why wouldn't I want to learn something? And I think you go back as far as we are now with Tony White, for example, the, the former mm-hmm. Syracuse DC, who's now at Nebraska, you go all the way back to Rocky Long and what he implemented. But if you could talk to that guy, well, Tony White's played for him, talked to him, you know, rule was defensive line coach for him. So all these things start to go together, but there's a willing, it, it appears to me that there's a willingness to learn, there's a willingness to grow, and mm-hmm. hopefully the wins come from it, but you've benefited from it from your coaches. You're hopefully passing that on to your athletes, and it, and it just goes on, and it's it's a big it's a big place of college football, but it's very small, and you for can sure. meet these guys, and you can talk to them. So I think that's, I think that's cool. Are there... Uh, are there guys that aren't connected in Nebraska that you've had a chance to to talk to or learn from, whether it was a, as a player or now as a coach? Um, as far as outside of Nebraska, um, I've I've gotten to work out with um, with a few players that that coach Coach Williams has linked me with. Um, um, I've worked out with Tyreek Hill. I've worked out with Sammy Watkins. So, so those are some of the guys that I've kind of gotten to learn the game from and kind of see how kinda things. Fast. Yeah, he's a little bit fast, man. Just but just I, could take him. I could take him. Oh, I, I would love fits. to watch you play cornerback against him, Fitz. No, just in a just in a race. No oh, fits, Lander. More. <laughs> no fits. I'm already, all I'm doing is thinking of a way that if I was playing cornerback, how could I hit him at least once before the pass is even thrown and just try to get to my try to get to my car. Uh, neutral zone it's and crash. I believe it's offsides. <laughs> 
You better my just press, touch him before. My, press, my pressing on the on the line would be him picking me up, running with me, and catching <laughs> the pass, and still still breaking like 22 miles oh, per yeah, hour on me. Well, yeah. the good news is, Fitz, you guys are the same height, so I guess everything works out pretty well. <laughs> no disadvantage. <laughs> no, well, that was going to be a question I had is, you know, if you had gotten a chance to really, uh, you know, work with any players or get connected with any players because obviously Williams is pretty connected, which that, that's always an awesome thing to be able to utilize because a lot of those guys will forget more about playing wide receiver than most of us will ever know, ever, ever, <laughs> ever, which is which is kind of cool. Um you know, having those connections and hopefully kind of working your way up in, in the world, you know, is, is coaching wide receivers something you want to do? Or is it getting to the coordinator level? I mean, is there a, a direction of the dream or is it just kind of I got to get my foot in the door and then kind of work my way up as it goes? Definitely a direction, man. I I, I just enjoy wideout play so much. It's just like it's just something that I could just sit there and just, you know, just watch all day. And, and one player to be specific is Devontae Adams. That's just someone who is just like a he's just a fanatic like I don't understand how he perfect. does some he of the stuff he the does. Game perfect. He put like everything is just perfect. Like I don't understand it. Like that's and that's I'll refer back to details on that. Um like all the small details like like I said I don't watch as a fan anymore. Like I'm I'm more like you know speculating the little small things and I see like the things that he does and it's just perfect. Like one small mess up by the D V and and you know it could be touchdown you know it could be seen <laughs> exactly Adam, so, Adams is a guy that comes back and still trains with Williams right right exactly so um like I said I'm just I'm just uh, I, I'm in love with with wide out play um but if if a coordinator position was to you know come my way then who would I be to turn it down man so since you did bring up wide out play we, we had one this last year at Nebraska that was pretty good um, oh yeah. His, oh, his yeah. name his name may have escaped everyone, but it's Trey Palmer. Yep. You know, could you give us just a little breakdown of his game on why he's so successful? Just based off of kind of watching as a coach? I think I was he asked just the played. same thing about Samari Torre. So thank you, Zach. I, both right of there, those, both those like yes. they just play they just play freely. Like they just go out and they just perform. Like it's just they just it's it's kind of like they just have tunnel vision when they're out there, like it's just them in the arena. Like, it's kind of like the man in the arena, you know? It's just they go out there and they just let loose. Like, they don't worry about what could be or what what happens if I don't, you know, they don't think too much. They just go out and play. And I think that's that's a very big thing to do if, if, if you want to be successful in, in the Big Ten and any league, really. Okay, so I'm going to stick – let's stick with Palmer for a second then. So he has the, what, 297 total yards against Purdue. Mm-hmm. Um, and then things start to change. Um, Thompson gets hurt, and now you're rotating quarterbacks in. How difficult is that really when you're changing the quarterbacks, the release point from the quarterback, how that ball is spinning? Are they inclined to move off their off their uh, point when you're trying to set your mark and then break? You know, things like that. Is that harder than the average fan? Because the reason I'm asking is Palmer went through what a couple, two or three games where he wasn't catching a lot. He was having some drops, but then when the moment, when the lights were brightest, he steps up again. Is that how much is there to that with the change of quarterbacks and actually trying to, and maybe the lack of repetition with that. I think, I think it's big because he's practiced all camp and all 
whatever spring with with Casey, and I'm sure he's gotten some reps with the backup, but um, it obviously won't amount to the amount of reps that he's gotten with Casey. So it definitely takes takes a little while to get the timing down, and then like you said, he came back big and he showed up in the big moment again. So um, I think I think it just kind of clicked, and and he's he was getting more reps with the backup, and and after that, it just he he kind of took over and like I said he doesn't he doesn't look like he go out goes out there and thinks too much he just goes and plays and doesn't worry about if if whatever can go wrong he just lets loose man yeah I I'm I'm really hoping so you know Thompson's a guy that I, I believe he underwent surgery this off season as well um mm-hmm. you know being a guy that's that's watched some Nebraska football did. Casey Thompson grew a ton this last year while taking a beating um, <laughs> behind the offensive line. Not trying to throw them under the bus anymore than already, anyone else already has. But what are some things that give you, I guess, some hope next year with Casey Thompson coming, hopefully coming back healthy? I think just his playmaking ability, man. His 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 ability to extend plays and and you know kind of orchestrate the whole offense and. And that's big. He's he's literally a field general, so um, I think if he if he decides to come back and and give us one more round, then I think it's 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 definitely could slingshot us forward, man, for sure. Well, I would love to see it. I mean, hopefully, <laughs> fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> fingers crossed, like you say. <laughs> well, let's say if, if if Thompson comes back, are there just from watching again and you know having some of the the ends to the program? Are there a couple guys that you know, if you got you got Marcus Washington coming back, um, are there a couple of other guys that you see that could maybe elevate their game moving forward as well? That could be some names we're talking about next year. Um, I won't name drop, but there's definitely some guys that can take a step forward, and and I think they will. Um, it's it's just coming to work every day, man, and just being anal about the details and the small things, and. And putting your it's at the end of the day it's about putting your, putting yourself in the best position you can. It doesn't it doesn't guarantee success, but as long as you put yourself in in the best position you can and control what you can control, um, I think at the end of the day you you'll be satisfied. And and as long as the boys do that, I think we won't we won't have an issue with anybody stepping up. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you a hard one then because you wouldn't you wouldn't name drop, and I I respect that. We've gone through the last few years, and we we hear so and so struggle a little bit of practice and they're not making, you know, they're not getting the play on the field mm-hmm. um, or, you know, all of a sudden somebody had the greatest week of practice ever and they get out on the field and then, you know, nothing comes of it. And then all these things, what, what's your take on that as a player is, is the ability, like you said, so Palmer Toure, they get out there and they just man in the arena. They just go, they're playing free. They're playing like as a coach now, how much of that is going to say, okay, if you went to the head coach and said, hey, I know he was struggling this week at practice, but you put him out there on, on Saturday afternoon, Saturday under the lights, this guy's going to perform. Is there is that is that really a very delicate balance to figure that out? Because I think of we can as fans again, we're like, oh my god, how's this guy not out there? He runs like a he runs like a nine four ten or one hundred. Right. I know that's lying, but you know, they've got all the speed in the world or they, they've done this, they've done that. How are they not getting out there on the field? Right. It's it's different because that level of trust has to be there throughout, like, all the coaches and, and, and whoever. So, um, but 
if 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 I were to feel like you know a player you know was was doing what they had to do to prove that they you know deserve a shot, um, I'm not one to to, to sugarcoat it to whoever I need to talk to to vouch for them. Um, if if I think that that they deserve a shot or and I'm obviously not in a place of authority like that right now, but <laughs> but um me me being a coach and the the type of way that I want to coach um I would definitely vouch for a player. I don't see why not. Um if if I think that he can help us, I would you know take it to the to the head man and kind of discuss what what the next steps were. But um I wouldn't obviously promise the player nothing or or anything like that. Since Fitz gave you a tough one, I'm gonna give you a tough one as well. <laughs> give me Babe, your... You're gonna ask him his favorite color, aren't you? <laughs> I, I'm not, but I'm gonna ask him a tougher one now because he's a wide receiver and he's got to answer this question: Let's Who are your it. top five wide receivers in the NFL right now? Number one, I'm starting off with Adams. I'm a Raider fan, but even before then, I, I was an Adams fan. Um, after that, man, I would go with Justin Jefferson. Freak, absolute freak. <laughs> I gotta put him top top two. Those What's it like watching him out there just make subtle moves that destroy? Like I don't want to call it a corner in particular, but Jair Alexander's ankles on a, on a weekly basis when they play. His like and his ability to like his hips are 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 so good, man. It's he does some some type of bending that I've never done, like ever seen. Like it's just it's different. Like the way his his flexibility and. And all that type of stuff. He he's a different player, but well, they actually broke down his route running one time. They had three different routes. He the the base of it, that route is the exact same, but it was it's, three it, completely different routes. But he runs them the exact same. Yep, he Incredible. makes them all look the same. Yep, that's the name of the game. But I would I would follow him up with with Stephon Diggs. Um, then I go Tyreek Hill. Number five is tough. I, I want to put AJ Brown in there. He he's been balling. Oh, I like there him. you go, Zach. I knew what I was getting to. Uh, <laughs> I like I like AJ Brown, man. I'm an Eagles fan, so I wanted to see what kind of love you know AJ Brown was going to get. <laughs> and, and you know, uh, Devonta Smith this year is it's he he's kind of slid into a number two role, which is uh, kind of strange for him. But mm-hmm. you know, AJ Brown is just he's uh, taking over, man. He's he's doing some different things. Just just remember, guys, there was a college football team that had A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf both at wide receiver the right. same year. <laughs> the same year. The same year, and they did not lead the country in passing for some reason. <laughs> they were good blockers on the outside. There you go. I mean, they're six foot four and 235 pounds. I guess I'm going to run right behind him, yes. Run heavy. <laughs> oh, my God. When you, were, when you were coming up then, um, were there – these guys obviously – weren't weren't on that list but were there some guys whether they were you know going back to jerry rice or andy moss or you know from your your you know middle school high school stuff like that were there guys that you you looked at and said okay i want to i want to play like that or you took things and said hey i want to i want to play like i want to play like that because for me it was randy it was randy moss Definitely. Tall, thin, lean, and I just outran. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm lying. You, know, you guys have so much in common. It's crazy. <laughs> Wish my, yeah, I like the, I like the imagination. No, no fits. You can, you can tell on the camera. I'm actually standing up on a chair, and this is all I've got. So, oh no, you're welcome, Zach. Good. But I, I think my, my childhood, my childhood uh, athlete would be Tavon Austin. That's, that's kind of the guy that I grew up wanting to be, just like um, him and Percy Harvin. Percy Harvin too. Oh, I remember Percy. 
I like I like Tavon, my top three, Tavon Austin, Devin Hester, and Percy Harvin. I like those three. Dynamic. Just talking about Hester the other day. Yeah. Tavon Austin against Tavon Austin against Oklahoma was 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 amazing. It was like playing NCAA on PlayStation. Literally, you had and just literally joysticking going around. Like never seen anything like that. No, his short area quickness and his forty times absolutely incredible as well. But like his short area quickness was just freakish. You know, for sure, for sure. That's another guy I've, I I forgot to mention him, but I've talked to him a couple times, couple couple different occasions. Um, I haven't actually gotten to meet him in person yet, but we've talked on Instagram and and a couple other platforms. But he's definitely a guy I want to meet sometime soon. Yeah, that I mean, the more guys you can get connected with, I mean, it's it's it hopefully would just kind of keep blossoming the 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 coaching career and everything for you. Mike, I I only got one last question for you, and we'll see if Fitz has got anything else. Then we'll kind of let you get on your way for the night. You know, sure. you, you hear about a lot of guys coming back to their alma maters in the offseason, different things like that, and working out and being um, kind of brought around the coaches and the players and different things like that. You know, is, is that something that hopefully, you know, is that something you guys are hoping starts to kind of ramp back up is getting the older guys back to the, the university and around the young guys? I think so, because it, 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 it kind of brings a sense of, you know, people that want to be there. You know, it. it it kind of changes the energy and it brings good energy in. If you see um, some of your NFL, you know, former teammates or whoever, even if they're not in the NFL, they still are, you know, more than welcome to come back. Um, I think it, it, it just kind of changes the energy and it, it brings like a sense of, you know, welcome into, into the building. And, and I think it'll make everyone happier if, if, if everyone, you know, from old teams or whoever were to come back and, and visit the new team. I don't I don't see a problem with it. Yeah, I think it'd be awesome just to be able to get you guys all kind of under the same roof and just guys that played within the last 10 years. I don't want to say it seems like people have kind of kicked out of the university, but it seems like it doesn't seem like they've been welcomed back like the guys in the, sure. in the 90s and different things like that. So I hope that really changes because, I mean, you guys were all a big part of, you know, the history of this program as well. So hopefully you guys can, you know, get welcomed back in and, and, and be around the program just like, like those guys are it'd be great sure. to see so um sure. if i'm if if i end up on those sidelines man i'll get some of the boys back with me hey you know oh. what that's what we're hoping for we're hoping that we can do something <laughs> to get mike back on the sidelines that's what we, sure. we gotta for get sure. you in fingers crossed touch. fingers crossed so you are you uh rule yet we got it we got to figure out a way to make that happen <laughs> it's gonna happen this real is- simple man trust me <laughs> oh this we isn't like my, that. this isn't my last question i've got this i, I i'm gonna steal two um, but are you in a place where, you know, you've, you've coached division three now at, you're at Luther, um, in Iowa, like, are you, are you willing, are you looking at whether it's a GA opportunity, if it's a, um, a, you know, um, quality control type of thing? Is that, I mean, I know you've, you've already told you're, you're, this is what you want to do. Um, mm-hmm. you've got the tangibles in terms of, what it what it takes to practice, what it takes to get to that level, but you know, willingness to grind is that is that your yeah, mentality? I'm all for any any and every every opportunity, man. I'm not looking for like a handout or anyone to you know promise me anything. Um, I'm I've started from the bottom <laughs> with every every opportunity that I've ended up um, getting, so I don't see I don't see why um, it should be any different. I don't expect any any promises or anything like that. Um, so we'll see what happens, man. 
Well, we're we're uh, we're hoping for you, and we're gonna we're gonna. For I sure. I, I'd love to say there's, we we do everything we can to help you. There really isn't anything right now that we can do to, to help you, other <laughs> than you know put put good uh, put good thoughts and, and and things into the ether for you. But all right, my last one then, and okay, then Zach can wrap things up. Let's do it. What do you want to tell new staff? We've got a hundred and fifty million dollar facility. It's going to be coming up open pretty soon, which you and everybody else like Zach talked about help build. What do you want to tell the fan base right now on December 11, 2022? Not no extra practices because of a bowl game again, winter conditioning, the grind on and on and on as a former player. Now as a up and coming coach, what are you telling us and the rest of the fan base for the Huskers? Man, to the rest of the to, – to you guys and to the rest of the best fans in the nation, um, big things are coming for Husker Nation. Um, well, we, we, got, we, got, we, got a, we got a good coaching staff coming in, and they're going to do some good things. They're going to bring in the right players. Um, hopefully, hopefully I'm on the sidelines with them. But um, I, think, I think we got some exciting things coming um, either this year or, you know, whenever it is. But I think um, you guys should con- continue to stick by these guys, give them a chance, and – and uh, let's see where we can roll with this thing. Go Big Red. You know, Fitz, that was actually a really good question. It was, Fitz. You've been asking some good ones, man. This Somebody's got it. I mean, besides our, our, our <laughs> fantastic guests, but somebody has to carry this. Oh, I'm, I'm just here to – I'm just here because I pay for it. Well, you're not – oh, okay, because we were going to cut that. Yeah, so you're not the face. No, I pay you're for not the, the service monthly that we the... use. So that's the only reason I'm here. Okay, Bobby Axelrod, you've got the money, huh? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm the bankroll here. Well, let's do this, Mike. Thank you so much for joining us, my man. Hopefully, hopefully we get a uh, update about you being on the sidelines here, maybe in some kind of role for the Huskers. Yes, sir. Um, in the coming days, crossed. man, you'll see. Fingers crossed. But Mike, thanks so much for joining us tonight, my man. Um, it was a pleasure. Hopefully, you know, in the future we can have you back on. Um, sure. It was it was a blast, my man. Fitz, anything else for Mike? No, just appreciate your time. Uh, that's it, man. Just I, I've learned a ton just in this short time um, to where I might I've got some eligibility left. I might uh, hit you up and work you on my, go my work on my feet a little bit and try to go play some college. Not. If, wide you get, receiver. if you got it, if you got it, flaunt it, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, I just and just Don't in case anybody was listening, encourage him. Zach, I said I didn't say wide receiver. I just said white receiver. That's all I've. Oh, that's all man. I've got. So I'm just. <laughs> You've got white receiver. Right up. You're good. It's written it. all over me. It's I written like all it. over me. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us, Mike. Have a great night. Thanks for joining us again. We'll talk to you later, my man. Yes, sir. Appreciate you guys. Thanks, Mike. Take good care. luck. Thank you. Members of the congregation, let's raise our Kool-Aid filled glasses and drink to all the things that were, are and forever will be Nebraska Cornhuskers. Go Big Red.